Second Pop Warner football practice is set to resume today, a few days after two kids got shot at practice. Yeah, the accused gunman is just 11 years old. West Juice Tony Atkins joins us live this morning. Tony, there are some new ways leaders plan to hopefully keep everybody safe. Christina, the program says it's doing everything it can to reassure parents that when they send their kids here for practice or games, that their kids are in good hands. Now, yesterday there was no practice, but today, because they had meetings with the parents, but today we're learning a little bit more about some of the ideas and measures they're taking to keep those kids safe. Some of those ideas include having a school a school resource officer present around for games and, and practices. They are also looking at ideas of keeping parents contained to one field instead of allowing them to move from field to field. A Popka Mayor Brian Nelson also told us Pop Warner is also considering an anti-bullying campaign as well. Pop Warner is a great, you know, organization, nationwide organization, and they've been here for decades in Apopka. So we, you know, a lot of kids, uh, that's their outlet. So we've got to, you know, we got to protect, you know, obviously protect the kids, the parents, but we got to, we got to continue. It, it's, it's just too important a program for so many kids in the Apopka area. The 11-year-old the accused of shooting the two 13-year-olds also made his first appearance in court yesterday. And we also heard from the aunt of one of the victims coming up at the bottom of the hour. We'll have more from her about how she says her nephew is impacted by the shooting. For now, reporting live in Apopka, Tony Atkins, West 2 News. And we're also hearing from a boy who says that he was at that football practice when the shooting happened. And Jason, Jalen rather, Laster says that he tried to stop it. I was trying to pull him away before he even went to go get the gun. Like when he went in the car to go get the gun, I was trying to pull him away to make sure, like to try to prevent it from happening. Laster and his dad reflected on that night and he says that he ran for cover after the shooting. They spoke alongside a pastor and they all said that the violence, especially when it involved kids, has to stop. That's exactly why we started this new initiative here at West 2 called Saving Our Streets. We are working to make connections and tell the stories of people and organizations that are doing their part to make our community safer. If you want to get involved in saving our streets or if you know someone who we can feature, please email us their details at sos@wesh.com. Domestic violence survivors and those advocating for awareness all came together to say help is out there. The Victim Service Center of Central Florida held its first gender-based violence awareness forum here in Orlando. They hosted it yesterday along with the state attorney's office for Orange and Osceola counties. Their message for anyone living in abuse, there is help. You do not have to do this alone. Some of the resources include the Victim Service Center, Help Now Osceola, Harbor House, and One More Child. There will be someone there to believe you. There will be someone there to help you and point you in the right direction. And if you, we don't know who that person is, we will point you in that right direction. Um, you can learn more about those free resources by going to our website right now, wesh.com. It's six minutes after the hour, and in Sumter County, there's been an unusual arrest out in the villages where 77-year-old Reginald Kinser faces criminal charges for allegedly having a stash of illegal pills. And it's not just any pills. Investigators say they were used to treat erectile dysfunction. Investigators say Kinser had more than $1,800 worth of off-brand pills stashed at his house that they say he got without a prescription and that he planned to redistribute uh, inside and out of the state. Kinser says that uh, he was just trying to help out. 
If he is found guilty, he faces a year in prison and up to a $10,000 fine. His trial is expected to begin next month. Also in Sumter County, a man faces charges for voting on behalf of his dead father. Election investigators say Robert Rivenreiter was, uh, did this in the fall of 2020. They did not count the ballot because it was postmarked four days after the dad died in October of 2020. After closely examining that ballot, investigators said the signature looked like the son's and not any of the dad's previous ones. River Rider says that uh, he plans to plead not guilty to election fraud charges at his next arraignment next month. The search is underway this morning for a new Speaker of the House. Lawmakers are against the clock to get this done as they face yet another deadline to avoid a government shutdown. At least two longtime congressmen say they want the top Yay. job. A vote is expected next week. Meantime, Governor Ron DeSantis says whoever becomes the next speaker needs to push for change in Washington. The Republican Party for a long time has had problems with leadership that's not reflective of the voters that put them there, whereas on the other side, the Democrat leadership is representative of where their voters are on a lot of issues. So do what you say you're going to do. Don't run for office, promise all these things, and then fail to deliver. Well, Governor DeSantis did not say who he supported to fill Kevin McCarthy's seat, but he did say he liked two of the early front runners, Jim Jordan and Steve Scalise. Loved ones and colleagues will gather today to honor Senator Dianne Feinstein. Her memorial service will be held in her home state of California. Feinstein died last week at the age of 90. She was the oldest sitting U.S. Senator. Her stint spanned more than three decades. Feinstein was one of the first women to serve in Congress from California. In Osceola County, Hope Partnership plans to turn the Crown Motel into affordable apartments for low-income residents. West News' Bob Hazen joins us live this morning. And Bob, the project will help so many people and families dealing with homelessness in Kissimmee. Yeah, and there are a lot of them. In fact, they say that's gone up 67% in Osceola County over the past five years. So this motel, when it's converted, should be another option for where those people can find a place to live. Now, this motel is right along West Vine Street here in Kissimmee near Hoagland Boulevard. It had been the Crown Motel for decades, but the Hope Partnership got a contract on it to convert it into affordable housing. The nonprofit has a goal of ending homelessness in Central Florida. Many hotels, of course, along 192 in Kissimmee have basically turned into apartment buildings over the years. This motel will have 30 studio style apartments that can house two people in each one. The units will have kitchenettes and laundry on site. The goal is to help people have a safe place to live and also have a lease so they can build up their rental history and credit so then they can find a more permanent home. Today, the Hope Partnership will be here celebrating the conversion along with local and state leaders and Congressman Darren Soto, but they're not expected to be open until next year. Also, the Hope Partnership says this won't be the end of this kind of project. They're still looking for other apartment buildings that they can convert to house bigger families. Reporting live in Kissimmee, Bob Hazen, West 2 News.